Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the Awakening Empty Nester podcast. We are so pleased you can join us in today's show. I am Michelle. And I am Mark, your host of this podcast, a show that was designed for you, the Awakening Empty Nester. In this series, we will be bringing you a whole range of inspiring insights, heart-filled stories and conversations with truly amazing people. People just like you. People who have navigated through their own challenges, lessons and opportunities. People who have transitioned to living a life of deeper experience, heart-filled contribution and consistent awakening and growth. Find out how they are all living with what we call a strong ECG life pulse. Let's discover more as we dive into this episode. Whether you're an empty nester or not, we trust you will enjoy today's show. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the Awakening Empty Nester podcast. We're so grateful for your time today and really excited to bring you our next guest. On this beautiful day, we're chatting with an award-winning poet, a man who inspired the great Les Brown to proclaim, Kirk is a poignant speaker who challenges us to step out in faith towards our dreams. Kirk Nugent has for two decades been a catalyst for change, challenging preconceived notions about success and self-actualization. Kirk started public speaking in poetry venues with infectious wit and passionate energy. Early audiences crowned him the people's poet. Over the decades, Kirk expanded his speaking base to include college campuses, keynote addresses for Fortune 500 companies, church ministries and empowerment workshops. He is a sought-after international speaker and author of three books, The Unpopular Truth, Answer the Call, From Depression to Destiny, and of course his electrifying audio set, Pursue Your Passion. I am so very happy to have you join us, Kirk. I first met you in 2012, and I remember that moment very clearly as if it was just yesterday. I was sitting in an audience at the very first Uplift Festival in Byron Bay in Australia. When you went on stage, you blew me and the rest of the audience away with your rendition of Pursue Your Passion. I remember the hairs raising on the back of my neck and feeling goosebumps as I felt you delivering such truth and passion. One of those beautiful moments that will stay with me forever. We then connected soon after and began creating an arm of Pursue Your Passion here in Australia. That arm didn't move very much and we lost touch for a few years, happily reconnecting again last year in 2019. What I love about you, Kirk, is your passion to ignite in everyone the idea that no matter who you are or where you are in the world, that we all have an innate right to chase our dreams. Kirk is the living testament of a soul once battered and bruised that has emerged victorious in the face of overwhelming challenge. The triumph of this man's human spirit will inspire you. Are you ready to hear from the man himself? I certainly am. Welcome, Kirk. Uh, Michelle, thank you so much, Mark. Thanks for having me. I'm honoured. 
honored to be here and just love connecting with soul family because both of you have such beautiful souls and it, it doesn't matter where you are in the world i can feel it just express your aura your energy just beautiful pure so thank you guys for even considering me to be on the show i'm honored it's our honor thank you so much kirk it's been a while since we've had a good conversation so I'd like to know what's been going on in your world. But first of all, for our listeners, tell us a little bit about where you've come from, your childhood, how Kirk has evolved. Sure. I was born and raised in Kingston, Jamaica. And um, I came from parents who didn't heal trauma. So my mom had a lot of trauma and my dad had a lot of trauma and my dad inflicted his trauma upon my mom and trauma rolls downhill. So (laughs) the kids were very traumatized. So when I came to America and I was also diagnosed with sickle cell at age four. So the doctor said I would be dead by age 13. I came to America at 15 and I was always a reader. I love reading books. And as I looked around the world, I saw People just going to a job, paying bills, getting old, and dying. Mm. And I thought, that can't possibly be, that, that can't be it. Mm. So I'm reading Think and Grow Rich, How to Win Friends and Influence People. I'm, I'm maybe 16 years old at the time. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that the people who seem to be enjoying life, like Oprah Winfrey just came on TV, they were, they were passionate about what they did. And this argument about following your heart, following your dream, it doesn't really make sense. At uh, maybe about 17, 18, I started listening to Les Brown. And Les Brown told a story about how he followed his passion and all the obstacles that happened. So I knew no matter what happened in life, I was going to follow my passion. The challenge was Michelle and Mark. I had no idea what his passion was. So as I quit, kept getting out of high school, And I went to college for one semester, actually, and got really, really sick. I had a sickle cell crisis, and the doctors decided that I couldn't work full-time and go to school, and they wanted to put me in permanent disability. And even back then, I knew the power of words. I said, I am not disabled. And they're telling me, well, you'll get a check for four. I don't care what the check is. I am not disabled. So I decided I wanted to work, and I kept quitting job. I would go to a job. I always was in sales. did very well on the job, and then I would just quit. And my mom and my family thought I had no ambition. I had no drive because, again, we're, we're, we're immigrants. So immigrants were supposed to work really, really hard, be very good of character, and never quit a job. I quit within 30, 40 days. But I, was, I had no idea. I was searching for my passion. So I got to the job. Oh, this isn't it. This is not it. Mm. And when I finally, things happened Mark and Michelle, that you know this is a turn in your life. Like something happened Mm -hmm. and you know, oh my God, my life is never going to be the same again. Mm -hmm. So I was working in a furniture store and I'm single. So I'm coming home and I went to this Jamaican restaurant. It's about 10 o'clock at night to purchase some food. And there was a young man out there selling newspapers and incense. And he said to me, young man, won't you help me sell some newspaper and start your own business? And I looked at him with almost a scorn. Dude, I'm a salesman. I got time for that. I said, I'm, I don't have time. He said, well, why not? I said, I have a good job. He said, well, what about after work? I said, dude, I work from 10 in the morning till 10 at night. I don't have time after work. He said, well, what about on your day off? I said, I work six days per week. The one day that I'm off is the only time I have to do my laundry and prepare for work the next day. And he said to me, wow, that's amazing. You were born at the wrong time. Now, Mark and Michelle, I was just coming into the idea of 
reincarnation. I would just begin to read these books. I was young, maybe 24 years old at the time. So what he said, you were born at the wrong time, fascinated me. And I said to him, what do you mean I was born at the wrong time? And he looked at me. He said, before I tell you that, you just get up and go to work on your own. No one forces you to do this. You just do this six days a week thing from 10 in the morning to 10 at night on your own. And I said, yes, because I was very proud. I'm a hard worker. He said, yeah, you were born at the wrong time. And I said, why do you say that? He said, you would have made a good slave. You would have made a good slave. It floored me because he was right. Here I am, brilliant chained to a paycheck, mm-hmm. being detained by a desk, handcuffed by a HMO. I went home and I couldn't eat the food. So I turned on the television. I seldom watch TV. And there was this program on called Showtime at the Apollo, hosted by Steve Harvey. And a young woman was on there and she was doing poetry, spoken word. Mm-hmm. And she won. And it got me excited. I was like, oh my God, I could do that. Mm-hmm. Her name is Jessica Kiermore. Always mention her name because she inspired me. And next Saturday, I turned on TV. She won again. She won five weeks in a row. This is before the internet. So the last week when they told her, you can't come anymore because you keep winning. We have to get new contestants. But where can we see you perform? She mentioned where she performed in Brooklyn. That's in New York. I lived in New Jersey. So now I'm working at this job and I asked the manager, listen, may I have Fridays off? Because I want to go to this poetry club. Absolutely not. Okay, no problem. May I leave at seven o'clock? at night because I was working from 10 in the morning to 10 at night. He said, absolutely not. But at seven on Friday, he would leave. 7.02, I left. <laughs> so um, after a while, they found that I was just sneaking out to go to sports club. I lost my job, but it gave me the opportunity to pursue my passion. Now, other thing that happened is after I started that, I had my son and I started going deeper in the spiritual realm, not religion, spiritual. Mm-hmm. And because I came from a place where my self-esteem was fractured And I didn't want to injure my son with my trauma because I knew it wasn't healed, but I didn't know what this trauma was. Mm. So I started observing how, in my mind, before my son, everyone loved me because, because you're Kirk Nugent, because you're doing this, because you have this great job. Mm. My son loved me in spite of. Mm -hmm. So I learned the difference with unconditional love and conditional love. Mm. And I started deciding I want to be a better person. Mm. I want to be a better person in this planet, in this universe. I started reading Paramahansa Yogananda, talking about love, forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And I just started studying a lot. But not only did I study, I started implementing what I learned. Mm -hmm. And I soon became a new person where the guy that was a teenager in the street, she wouldn't recognize anymore. Mm -hmm. I spoke differently. I no longer moved to anger. There was nothing I was angry about Mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. Didn't want to fight. And if you approach me with a fight, I apologize first. I'm sorry for having my toe in the way for you to step on. My apology. Mm -hmm. So as I moved through the world, I realized that a lot of us were enslaved by fear. Not only are we enslaved by fear, but because we have the fear of not wanting to, to let anyone down, not wanting to, dis- it could, had I choose to not disappoint my mom and not disappoint my dad, mm-hmm. I would have never become a speaker. Mm-hmm. My dad wanted me, to, wanted me to be a mechanic and my mom wanted me to go to school and be whatever. Mm-hmm. But the, the image was important. But you see, Mark and Michelle, the soul is not concerned with image. 
The soul doesn't care about any. The soul doesn't care about how big your house is or what degrees you have hanging on. The soul just want to know, can I love unconditionally? Can I treat this other human being with empathy or do I have to experience what they experienced before I can have some compassion for my fellow human beings? So even now that we're here in this whole um, lockdown and coronavirus I'm watching people still not figuring out how to be human. You don't need 42 rolls of toilet tissue. You just need about four or six. And I watch people go to the, the grocery store and they grab, grab, grab. That's an attitude of lack. Mm -hmm. They don't believe that they'll be provided for. But that's important. That's a message that we play back in the society. And that message of attitude of lack keeps the average person on the treadmill. Got to go to work, got to go to work, got to go to work. Mm -hmm. And we never take time to sit and be still. I feel like right now the universe is telling everybody, go to your room and be quiet mm -hmm. because that's what we're doing collectively <laughs> on the planet, right? right? And as we sit down, I'm sure when this thing is over, people are going to come out transformed. Mm -hmm. They're going to come out looking at their life to say, is this really what I'm working for? Is this what I'm living for? Mm -hmm. What is the meaning of life? How can I have more fun? How can I have more joy? How can I be more true to me? Mm -hmm. Because one of the things I, I go back in two things that I live my life by is one, Kirk, know thyself. And two, to thine own self be true. And if you practice that, most people don't know themselves. They know what they're told to be. Mm -hmm. But if you practice that, start to sit down and say, well, what brings me joy? What makes me happy? Why did I respond the way I respond to that person? Why did that make me mad? Um, why is this a trigger for me? And if you start dissecting and going within, that beauty starts to come out and you can really live a life of fulfillment and joy. And it doesn't take a lot of dollars because you're not here to shine on social media. You're just here to be you. Mm -hmm. And the social media thing has a lot of people just all twisted. But when it comes down to it, Mark and Michelle, you enjoy your life when you know yourself and you're true to yourself, mm -hmm. whatever that is, because you came here to be a different puzzle piece than the other six billion people on the planet. Mm -hmm. And if we start acting like each other puzzle pieces, we'll just mess this up. And that's mm -hmm. what we're doing collectively. No one or very few people are being true to themselves. Mm -hmm. So, so true. Oh, wow. wow. Uh, you've, you've brought me almost to tears, Kirk, with your just the heart and the love and the truth that you speak every listener I'm sure is going oh, I want to listen to this again <laughs> and and like what you said of those instances where you were awakened by the the man on the street who was selling newspapers and incense by looking into you know your son's eyes and and feeling that that unconditional love and now we have a great opportunity as a collective like you say to awaken to truth awaken to ourselves awaken to who we are at our core and to be just be that person like you say it doesn't cost any money but it gives us so much joy and it gives people ripples our joy and our love right out to the world so oh, I what i like about it, it kirk and thank you thank you so much for your message and your passion people shut themselves down to to not show how they're passionate to show their full passion about what excites them what they're curious about. Well, why do you think that? Why do people close themselves off? Oh, that's an easy one, Mark. The reason being is we're born 
for, for lack of a better term, it's like the matrix. We're born into a matrix and there's a program running. So Michelle is a woman. The program that's running from she was born, you're not good enough. You'll never be like a man. You don't deserve to be like, you need our permission. Um, you need more makeup. You need this, you need that. And you, this program is run to tell you you're not good enough and you'll never be good enough without our, our, our products. Consume. The program from Mark is, Mark, if you're not financially successful, you're nothing. You have absolutely no value. You are not supposed to show any emotion except anger. That's the only emotion that, that we could tolerate, anger. And if your football team win, you're allowed to cheer. But that's it. That's the two extremes. So we have these programs running, and the, one of the programs says, here's the roadmap, the blueprint to success. Go to school, get good grades, get a good job. It doesn't matter what your passion is because not everybody is going to excel at academia. You look, I'm from Jamaica. You look at Hussein Bolt. He's running. But 20, 30 years ago, that wasn't possible because we're all academia. So now in this new generation, we're learning. So going back to your question, most people got on that path because they thought that path was safe. And as they go on that path, they keep losing more and more of them. Because when you're on the job, you have to behave uniform. You dress a certain way. So your boss actually tells you what to look like, what time to get up, when to go to lunch, and you become this robot. And by the time you get home, you're so stressed, you turn on the television and you never have time to say, what makes me happy? You know, if you're a woman, you got to cook the dinner, you got to do this, you got a lot going. The man got to stay later at the office, all that. So we're programmed, we're, we're socialized into fitting in and not standing out. Mm -hmm. It doesn't pay to stand out. And the minute you decide you want to stand out, the peer groups bring you back. What do you mean you're not going to get a job? You got to get a job. So your peer group pressure you to come back into the fold. Mm -hmm. So now at our age, we're in our 40s and our 50s and we're deciding, you know what? Before I leave this planet, I want to live on my terms. So that's what the audience is saying. Well, okay, I took care of the kids. I put them through college. I did a lot of stuff I didn't want to do. How do I enjoy my life now? I don't even know what's my passion. I'm 50 years old. I've never even had time to think about my passion. How do I find that? And it's like, well, my dear, you'll never find it until you can be still. Be still and try not to react. Just observe the world. And if you observe the world and you keep talking to yourself, actually, okay, what makes me happy? I, I want to take care of that first. What makes me happy? Before you can even get to what makes you happy, you might have to find your triggers. Mm -hmm. Why is it that when a certain person says this, you get upset? So you have to go in and do a lot of work. And a lot of times at our age, if we haven't done the work, we're not equipped to do the work. Mm -hmm. So we need coaches like yourself putting out podcasts like this to help shine a light, to guide how do you get to the work? Because most people, again, We've been socialized into not looking at our wrongs. We can't look at anything. We can't admit we made a mistake. We can't apologize. I've been in relationships where the woman won't apologize, but she don't know how to apologize. So she'll bring me a cupcake or ice cream. I don't really eat cupcake or ice cream. I just need you to admit and own what you did because I own what I do. But a lot of times we're not there yet because we're so fractured into believing that we have to be perfect human beings. And we only have to be ourselves perfectly. That's all we got to do. And that's always changing. We're always evolving. We're always growing. So most people never find their passion, never go after what's in their heart because they've been socialized not to do it. The other things they've been told that your dream is impossible. You can't do that. No one has ever done that. Look at Walt Disney when I said pursue your passion. They told him, wait a minute, you're going to entertain people with an imaginary mouse? Man, get out of here. 
Dell computer. You're going to sell computers on the internet? You need a computer just to get on the internet. So all these impossible dreams, when people become passionate and they go after it, it makes a ripple in the world. It gives someone else permission to go after their dreams. There's someone watching your podcast now that you've never met. And they said, well, if Mark and Michelle can start it, maybe, maybe I can start something. So you're inspiring people that you don't even know just by being true to you. 100%. 100%. The things that I like about that, Kirk, is there's two things. I was actually one of those people. When I, I got to a point in my life where I was frustrated, I, one of my coaches said to me, what do you do for fun, Mark? And you know what? I didn't know the answer. And that shocked me. It absolutely shocked me because I've been spending so much of my time caring and looking after the children and doing the things that I needed to do, that I chose to do, mind you, but I needed to do for that self-responsibility as being a man and you know providing for the family and all of those things. What do you do for fun, Mark? And I went, you know what? I don't know. And that was such a shock, as I said. So thank you for reinforcing that, Kirk. It's amazing. The other thing the I like... the same place with you. Yeah. The other thing I like about what you're saying is two things. Number one is truth. Living your truth. Cutting back. You know, we, we all talk about truth, but really diving deep. What is your truth? What is true for you? What is true? Okay. What do you enjoy? What is true for you? It's an amazing, amazing question. Mm. And the other element that I love, and I'd love you to, to talk a little bit about, is with all of the challenges that we have, forgiveness is such a powerful thing from our understanding, our view of things. Mm. I remember uh, part of your destiny rendition where you said, challenges are not here to make us bitter they're here to make us better along those lines yes yes michelle mark to a certain extent all of us on this planet have been traumatized as children coming up somewhere or another and those deep wounds they resurface in, in the adult area because we kind of sweep them under the rug we're told not to worry about it that happened 10 years ago but the pain is there and that pain shapes the way we do everything in our life if we're not aware of it. I think it was Carl Jung who said, um, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will run your life and you'll think it's destiny. And the thing where we are, and especially for the audience that we're talking to, our age group, I wouldn't be surprised if we go through a depression. And when I say depression, internally, like you're just sad, like, oh, the kids are out of the house. What do I do? Where's my purpose? I don't know what my purpose is anymore. And we go through what we call the dark night of the soul. How do you find your purpose? How do you get this second kick on life when for all your life you were living for your kids? You were living to make sure they were okay. That's why you work two jobs. That's why you put up with all the nonsense. Now, the mortgage is kind of paid off. You don't have as many things. What do you do? Probably you didn't even know how to build successful relationships. You're by yourself. Mm. How do I start over from scratch when I feel like the clock is ticking? I don't have much time. I don't know how much time I have. And I had to learn to be gentle with myself mm. because we tend to be very judgmental when it comes to us. We're judgmental with other people, but we judge ourselves mm. the hardest. Mm -hmm. And we have to learn to really sit down and say, you know what? I did the best that I could with what I had and what I knew. And as I take in new information, I can evolve. I can become someone new. Mm -hmm. So to the audience, listen, I would say that's one of the first things to move forward in this phase of life that we are, the third quarter or whatever quarter it is. 
you have to be gentle with yourself. You really have to be forgiven with yourself and forgive with others. And right now, where I am in life, you asked me that earlier, I just want peace. I don't want to, I'm, I'm battle weary, I'm fatigued, not from fighting to anyone, but my own inner demons all my life. My self-doubts, my insecurities, I have to wear the mask because I'm Mr. Pursue Your Passion. And in, in 2012, when I met you, Michelle, I, I was at the lowest point in my life. Mm. I think I told you about it at, at one point, mm -hmm. um, where my life was just unraveling. I was going through this deep, dark night of the soul. But at one point, I had to step back from even the social media and just heal. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we need to do that. We need to just go within mm -hmm. and really start healing and start valuing ourselves. A lot of times in relationships, we never had a voice. If we're a woman, the man told us what to do and we did. Now you're older, you're getting a voice. So it's really getting to a point where you can sit down and just listen to your heart because your heart will tell you, the emotions will tell you. What, you know, something will trigger you because exactly what Mark said before, I had to write down what brought me joy. I had no idea. And I will write down, okay, I like going to the beach. I lived in Florida, so I will make at least once a week, I will go to the beach. And I started finding more and more stuff. But back in 2012, 2013, I had no idea what brought me joy. And I did nothing for fun except breathe. That was it. So I think we're on a journey where we're, we're definitely trying to figure this thing out together. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Being in silence, self-reflection, healing self through being kind, being gentle to ourselves, forgiving ourselves for all that we have beaten ourselves up for in the past. And just in that space, you can just open up your heart to more, to more, to receiving love that is all around you, the abundance that's around you, the, you know, the joys that you just didn't see because you were so caught up in your own thoughts and, and feelings of not feeling like you are enough. So you're so right, Kirk, mm -hmm. about staying in that in that place of solitude and silence and reflection. We do have forgiveness practice as well. Part of that forgiveness practice is not only about forgiving the people or the events or the catastrophes or whatever on the external, but it's about forgiving self. And by doing that, we're releasing those binds, those chains that hold us down. And I know physically, you know, not only emotionally, but physically, I feel free when I do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and another technique that I use, because a lot of us, we're so chained to the past, and we use our past to inform our present. What I mean by we use the past to inform our present, mm -hmm. well, you, you get it. We want to make a decision, so we go from what we did in the past. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I do is I think of the future self, who I wish to be, and I let that future person inform the present. Yes. So I act from that place as if it's, it's already done. And that allows me to shed some of the fears. I'm actually reinventing myself right now because one of the things that happened, I started out as a spoken word artist mm -hmm. and I love poetry. But once I got into the speaking industry, I was told, oh, Kirk, you can't say this, you can't say that, you can't speak about this, and you can't speak about that. Because it's, you have to be in a very safe space. So you can't talk politics, you can't talk religion, very safe, non-controversial. So a lot of when I first started right now, I wrote about the social issues that I saw around me, the injustice. Mm -hmm. And I would see it and not write about it anymore. So now I am putting together another 
you're going to have Kurt Nugent, the speaker, inspirational speaker, all that spiritual good stuff. And then you'll have Kurt Nugent, the people's poet. And that's what I used to do with the poetry. So I'm launching a new site for all of that. It's almost like I'm going to have split personality. But what it is, I'm embracing 100% of who I am. So again, know thyself Mm -hmm. and to thine own self be true. Mm -hmm. And that has seemed to brought me the the most fulfillment and the most joy. Mm -hmm. Yes. You have that gift of being able to use words to inspire others. And you call it split personality, but I'm sure through your engagements in the speaker's audience, you will still inspire whatever subject you take on, whatever subject, whatever, because it's coming from your heart, from your soul, from your truth, from, from who you are. So that's amazing that you're doing that. Have you, you've started developing that? Is that somewhere that... I've started working, it's called, it's called The Sound of Melanin. And I'm working on all the background stuff. So I'll probably launch by the summer, by this summer. Okay. And I'm making okay. a lot more videos because what I want to do with my poems was to tell story. Nina Simone said the purpose of an artist is to document the times. And there's another proverb, an African proverb that says, as long as the story of the hunt is told by the hunter, the hunter will always be glorified. You'll never hear the lion side of the story. Right. So... The whole purpose of what I'm doing is to tell the lying side of the story. Mm-hmm. Like the way marijuana became illegal in America. It's a brilliant story that most people don't know because marijuana was legal. And then you had this newspaper magnate who decided he's going to buy up all the trees around the world so he could control the paper. Mm-hmm. And then they invented this machine called the decorticator. And the decorticator had the ability to turn hemp into paper like that. Mm -hmm. While trees took 20 years to grow, hemp is harvested every six months. So he went to his friend in the FBI and was like, look, I need you to outlaw this marijuana because I'm going to be losing billions of dollars. Mm -hmm. So the FBI guy, his name is A.J. Anslinger, went to Congress. Now, this is back in the 1930s. And he testified in front of Congress, swearing on the Bible. Mm -hmm. And I'm quoting his testimony now. He said, there are over 100,000 marijuana smokers in the United States most of which are Negroes. Marijuana caused the darkies to think they're just as good as white men. And furthermore, furthermore, marijuana causes white women to seek sexual relations with black men. That was it. It was illegal. But most people don't know the story. So this poem that I've written is telling that story. So that's what I'm looking to do more now. Mm. More truth to come out. So looking forward to that, Kirk. So the name of the site that you're building is? The Sound of Melanin. Melanin is what gives the skin its pigment. So that's mm-hmm. what Mark doesn't have. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all have it, just a less and greater degree. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> yeah. I just had to put that one in. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. So, gosh, a lot to look forward. I'm looking forward to, to listening to you again, you know, through your, your stories and poetry. What else is new in your world? What else is happening for you, Kirk? I'm, I'm in a good place, Michelle. I'm in a very good place right now. And I believe the reason why I'm in a good place right now is because of the work that I've done. And what I mean by the work, I mean internally. Mm. Um, I'm looking at the world around me and it's chaos. People are in fear. Mm. They're panicking here in the United States. Yeah. They're not sure with the leadership. They're not sure what's going on with the virus. Do we open up? Do we? I'm in Georgia, the first state in the United States to open back everything. Mm-hmm. So the people here are terrified. They're still, even though we're officially open, the stores are still closed. Oh, wow. um, but I'm not. I'm calm. I'm relaxed. Mm-hmm. I'm not threatened. I'm not afraid. 
I'm, I'm like that being still in the storm, being in the eye of the storm. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel it. Mm -hmm. And the peace that I have is not exclusive to me. Anyone can have that peace. Mm -hmm. And to have that peace is, again, we keep going back to the same thing. Be true to yourself. Now, now let, let's examine that. What does it mean to be true to yourself? What is your truth? And the only way you know that is your heart. You trust your heart. Mm -hmm. But you were programmed not, not to like trust that. You can't trust that. Okay, I have a... I have this passion for putting on a big orange nose and orange hair and big <laughs> boots and telling jokes. The first thing your parents are going to say, you can't make any money from that. So you learn not to listen to that little voice. Mm. But that voice is there like you're going. I remember when I was younger, I'm going to a party and a voice would tell me, don't go to that party mm -hmm. or leave early. Mm -hmm. And when I left, the next day I would find out that party got shot up. People got killed there. Wow. So as you trust that voice more, it will begin to take you. And we, we've been taught that all we can trust is the five senses. If you can't see it, taste it, touch it, smell it, it's not real. It exist, yeah. When that mm -hmm. voice within you is so much realer than anything else, but we have not learned how to listen to it. So if for the, for the audience, what I would say to them is be still for a while and, and get a little notebook, write down what you would like your life to be mm -hmm. and ask your higher self, whatever spiritual practices you have but just to get quiet and ask yourself mm. how does this happen how do we get here and who are the people that i need to leave behind because they can't come with me because their energy no longer fits mm. who are the people who always like to argue i don't want to argue anymore so they might have to get left behind mm -hmm. and who are the new family and circles that i have to find what community i might have to sit in and develop what tribe do i sit with now mm -hmm. because i want to sit with a tribe that's going or is gone where i'm going mm -hmm. I don't want these people from behind who always remind me every time I make a mistake, mm -hmm. always tell me how of my shortcomings. I don't want that anymore. So that's part of the thing that's coming to peace. The other thing is stop watching the news. Yes. You got to turn it off because it's going to rob you of your, you never watch the news and will go, Ooh, what a great day to be alive. You <laughs> never feel that after you watch the news. No. So put something different in your mind. Read a book, listen to a podcast, mm -hmm. do something else, but stop. The news is just going to scare you to death. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's inflated and it's hyper and stop watching the news. Mm -hmm. So anything that takes away your peace, you want to move away from. Yes. Anything that gives you peace, you want to move towards. It's as yes. simple as that. Yes. And start indulging yourself. What I mean by indulging yourself, there are things that you want to do that you know you want to do. Mm -hmm. There's stuff that you want to buy to say, oh my God, I want to get this stuff, but I don't know if I should spend that money on me. Mm -hmm. Spend it on you mm -hmm. because we're going to spend on your coffin when you're gone. Mm -hmm. So spend it on you <laughs> while you're here. Enjoy your life. You know, do, you don't have to justify, am I worthy of this? Yes, you are. Take it from me. You are worthy. Mm -hmm. And Start appreciating you more and start appreciating the body you're in. Give thanks for your lungs that you can take a deep breath. A lot of people now with this corona can't do that. They're in respirators. So mm -hmm. be grateful for that, the little things. Mm -hmm. But we've been taught that if it's not big, if it's not a Mercedes Benz in the driveway, then mm -hmm. there's no reason to give thanks. Mm -hmm. And we're learning now that the little things are the big things. Yes. The things that we were taught that were important we're realizing they're not as important as the things that we were told that mm -hmm. are not important yes your family unity your fr you don't want to have a life of all this wealth but then your kids don't speak to you mm -hmm. you know your, your mom your parents no one you have horrible relationships so you want to take care of the relationship mm -hmm. you want to take care of your health you don't want to have great relationships 
but your health is failing. So you want to honor your body and take care of that. You want to be careful what you put in um, because that's all you're going to get out. So little things, just self-care, self-love. Mm -hmm. And if you go with that intention, I'm going to love myself unconditionally. I'm going to be gentle with myself. I'm going to forgive myself. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask myself for guidance. What makes us happy? What do we want the next 20 years to look like? How do we go about, do I want to be in good shape or do I want to have diabetes? Okay, I don't want diabetes, so I'm not going to be eating this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be eating that. And you just start making these little baby steps. Mm -hmm. And before you know it, you're six months down the road, a year down the road, and people that no longer belong start falling to the wayside. Exactly. And all of a sudden, you start attracting more Michelles and Marks and people <laughs> of high vibration and great energy and great melanin and great skin. And your <laughs> life just become more and more magnificent. Oh, it's Yeah, so trust true. yourself. Exactly. You yeah, know? trust yourself. Trust yourself. That's right. You know, trust mm -hmm. yourself. And when you've gone to that place of silence and reflection and you're figuring out what your passion is, what you, what you want to indulge yourself with and you start doing it, but you don't know how, how to get there or how just do that small baby step. And like you said, in one of your poems, you'll build your wings as you jump off, you'll build them along the way. Mm -hmm. And people who you need in your life will come towards you. And the people who, are not needed in your life, they will fall away. And you don't have to say, get away from me. You just, they will fall away anyway. And you'll be creating a whole new environment. Mm -hmm. Such gold. Goodness, we could talk to Kirk all day. We have one mm -hmm. question that we'd like to ask our guests. And that is, how would you define an awakening soul? Well, have you ever spoken to someone in their sleep? They don't make any sense. Um, <laughs> they just mumble stuff. And if you wake them up, they're jolted and they're, they're frightened. So an awakening soul is one who's coming into consciousness, one who's realizing that the matrix is not what it is. Maybe there's more to this 9-11 story than I knew. And they're beginning to see beyond the illusion. They're beginning to realize that these people that I hate, I don't really know them. You know, but it's a patriotic thing to do. I'm not supposed to like these people. So as you begin to wake up, an awakening soul begin to realize that there's more to the story that I've been told. And the people who I have trusted might not have been trustworthy. And the people who I didn't trust, which is usually myself, might have been the most trustworthy. So an awakening soul is one who's coming into the idea that they're more than this body. They're connected. They have something that they know. It's like intuition is knowing that you know without knowing how you know. Mm -hmm. So the awakening soul is beginning to realize, I know this thing. There's something that, and they stop thinking from here, and they start moving to the gut, the heart. I can feel. See, the, the soul that's asleep, think, 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 all logic. Mm -hmm. The soul that's awake feels. Mm -hmm. This doesn't feel right. I don't know what's wrong about it, but it doesn't feel right. So I'm not going over there. So to answer your question, the awakening soul is one who's becoming more aware mm -hmm. and realizing that the world is not black and white. There's a lot of grays and also realizing that most human beings are going through something and the people who need love the most tend to ask for it in the most unloving manner. Mm -hmm. So once you understand that, you become more compassionate, yes. more empathetic. Mm -hmm. An awakening soul stop the judgment. We look at people that are homeless and we say, well, they need to go get a job. They need to do this. They need to do that. Mm -hmm. The awakening soul begin to realize that's a choice this soul made to have this certain experience, maybe even to inspire me mm -hmm. to do something more, mm -hmm. maybe to trigger me to do something for the homeless or to, you never know what it is. So 
as you begin to awake, you begin to see life through a different lens, and it's a lens that is supportive of life. The lens that we look through right now, if we're not awake, is not supportive of life. We're in this competition. I need all the toilet paper I can get. I need this, and and we're we're just grabbing. Yes. The awakening soul doesn't see that. Mm-hmm. It realized if I'm hungry, chances are Michelle is hungry as well. So let me leave a loaf, a slice of bread for her mm-hmm. as well, and I'll just take one slice. And we tend to think more of the community and the greater whole than just of herself. As a matter of fact, I'll sum it up like this. The awakening soul becomes a soul that is in service to others. Mm. The soul that is asleep is in service to self. Simple as that. Beautiful. 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 That so aligns with one of the three pillars that we teach to be living with a strong ECG life pulse and I don't think you have ECG in the States. You've got EKG, I believe, but ECG is... EKG, uh-huh. Yeah, you know, the heart monitor. EKG and e- Yeah, so it's a heart monitor. And um, mm-hmm. having a, a strong ECG life pulse means living with deeper experiences, contributing unconditionally and growing consistently, learning consistently. So that having those three pillars in your life every day is key to, we believe, an extraordinary life. And you encompass all of that, Kirk, you know, all the experiences that you've had to date, the experiences you know you're having today and tomorrow and in the future. And the love you have through your the passion that you deliver to your audiences. And just all the key, just in this conversation of, what, 40 minutes, you have delivered so many nuggets of wisdom that I'm sure our listeners will be hopefully implementing into their lives. Even if it's just one, it'll make a huge difference into your life. Absolutely. Thank you very, Thank you very so much. Thank you very, very much, Kirk. Thank you for your wisdom and your stories. And most of all, for igniting in us and our listeners to listen to your voice within and pursue your dreams and to break out of the matrix by being still, observing, asking for guidance We are certain that you have awakened the hearts, the minds and the souls of many of our listeners to what is possible when we listen to the call of the heart. If there are any listeners out there who are really excited about this conversation and would love to get in touch with you, Kirk, what is the best way? My website, kirknugent.com. Kirknugent.com. K-I-R-K-N-U-G-E-N-T.com, yeah. Perfect. I'm going to be updating the website soon, but yeah, you can still get in touch with me there. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And we'll put those in the show notes to listeners. Any parting words from you, Kirk? I got a question for you guys. Awesome. How do you love deeper? And it's not a trick I, question. I'm trying to find out myself. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. The first thing that came to me was by loving others, by by opening to the compassion that you talked about, by feeling each and every person who comes into our life and removing the judgment and allowing my heart to tap into their heart and and feel the journey they've been through and understanding and connecting with that because we all connected, we are all connected and once I feel that, love will flow both ways. That's, That's how I feel deeper. That's the first thing that came to me. For me, two words. Gratitude and appreciation. Being so grateful for everything that you've experienced, that you are experiencing, for who you are, 
for everything that has been presented to you in life, but truly also appreciating mm. the gifts, okay. the things, the people, appreciating what is available to you. And I think those two things combined with truth and accepting truth and everything that you've spoken about today, Kirk, I think that is a journey within first. It has to be that journey within first so that you can love yourself deeper firstly and then your partner, your friends, your family and so on outside of that. Absolutely. That resonates a lot. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And parking words to your listeners, for everybody listening, no matter where you are, you are so much more than you've been told. Remember that. You're so much more than you've been told. Investigate that and it would lead you to a path that you would not believe. You're so much more than you've been told. Thank you, Kirk. You're welcome. Thank you, guys. It was a pleasure. We've got to do this another time. Let's do it again. Oh, for sure. We'd love to. Jump on again and do another podcast and really dive deep into mm. that space. Man, I love your energy. Absolutely. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, thank you. This is the Awakening Empty Nester podcast. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy what you heard today, share with a friend. And if you have not already done so, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach us directly at podcast at thedreamarchitects.com. Looking forward to you joining us on our next show. Thank you for listening.